You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. It's a, it's a joy to come and to, to just be with you and to share. As I was looking at the last Sunday of, of, of this year, I was actually preparing for the first Sunday of next year, and I thought, well, this is a good transitional psalm for us to look at today, Psalm 100, to look at it in light of what we are doing as we end the year and how we're going to begin the next year, since we've only got one more day before we're in 2019. So last Sunday, as I was sharing with you, I was, I was just kind of proclaiming that 2019 is going to be the year of loving deeply, Yay. loving deeply. We're asking the Lord to give us the capacity to receive his love for us personally. And out of having first been loved, we're then able to reciprocate. We're able to return the love back to the Lord that he so richly deserves. We love him because he first loved us. First John tells us. And as a result of that, as we're releasing our love to him, our capacity to love ourselves comes into focus. Because now as we see him for who he is, we begin to understand who he's created us to be. And our identity in him gets more and more defined. And I tell you what, when you look in the mirror and you see who he created you to be, and you look in the mirror and you see him, in you. Practice that. Practice that. Get in the mirror and look until you see him. And another just a, another little tip, when, when you're praying and, and you're trying to, to come into some kind of experience in prayer to where you're with him and you're hearing him and you know that you're having fellowship with him, have you ever tried that and it just didn't seem to work. It's like, yeah, I really want to come into his presence. (sighs) Here's the tip. Just say Jesus. 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 Say it until he comes. He loves when we speak his name. And uh, one of the things for us so oftentimes is is we're so pre-concerned with our petitions and the things that we want to say that we forget that he wants us to come into his presence because he just wants to spend time with us. And out of that intimate time of fellowship, of communion with him, he already knows what we need before we ask. And sometimes we don't even know what we need And it's by being in his presence that we become aware of what we need to ask him for. Mm. And then we get the joy of seeing him answer prayer. So wonderful. So let's prepare for 2019 to love more deeply. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. 
His faithfulness continues through all generations. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask now that you'd give us ears to hear what the Spirit's speaking to the church so that we might conform, that we might obey, that we might know the full pleasure of your will. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Shout. Woo! <laughs> for what? Shout for joy to the Lord. Oh. It's, it's an interesting word here, the word for shout. It's, 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 the, it's a cry of triumph. It's a cry in the beginning of a battle. And it's like, boy, when you're facing something and it's difficult and you're having, uh, you know, you're about to engage in something that you're not sure what the outcome's going to be, it might be good in your spirit to release a shout to the Lord. I love the Hebrew for the shout that it just happens spontaneously. It's almost like a spontaneous combustion that just happens. It's an explosion. It's like when you have a 357 Magnum and you squeeze the trigger, it explodes and breaks your eardrums with a shout <laughs> that is an explosive shout. In the Hebrew, that's called a Shabbat. And it's, it's, a, it's an explosion that just erupts. And here is, is another Hebrew word that is just as impactful, but it's, it's the preparation for the Shabbat. It's the loud shout as you enter into the battle or as you're aware of the triumph. And, and I just can't help but think this Advent season as we've gone through and celebrated the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the angelic proclamation to the shepherds was such a display of glorious, joyful, triumphant explosion on the scene. I can't wait till we get to heaven. I want to go back and rewind and, and check that one out and see what happened. Because it, it, it just overwhelmed the shepherds, and I think it will overwhelm us as well. Any times we're aware that the Lord is present, there should be a shout going off in our spirit. I want to encourage you to shout in 2019 and to end 2019 or 2018 with a shout. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you thought of those times when, when something of joy just came out of you and it was so reflexive, it was so spontaneous, there's no way you could have prepared it. A lot of times, you know, we, we try to do things in church and stuff. One, two, three, say Jesus, or something like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a little lame. You know, that's a little lame. But when the Lord does something, and you can't contain it, and it erupts. Did you have any of those kind of events this year? Did you have a moment when the Lord did something, showed up, manifested something, and you were witnesses of it, and as you saw it, you couldn't help but shout for joy to the Lord? Anybody? Anybody have anything? Yeah. Dynamite. We got a lot of dynamites in 2018. 
Yeah. Sometimes we shout when there's a performance. You know, just amazing performance. Marcus, forgive me. You're permanently forgiven. But if you were watching the IU Butler game, was it? And that last <laughs> second shot that went in for IU, if you were an IU fan, you were shouting, weren't you? Anybody shout when the ball went through the hoop? Okay, several, several of you did. Okay, so there's performances where it just hits and there's nothing you can do about it. If way back when, if... if uh, Butler would have made that last shot from half court in the national championship. We would still be shouting in Indiana. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's something about victory. There's something about triumph that brings about with it the shout. And the thing is, when we understand that Paul writes to us in Romans that we're more than conquerors, that, that we have triumph because Christ has triumphed. We enter into his triumph and his victory. And we know the joy of the shout to the Lord. Let's keep shouting this year. Amen. There's something that happens when someone goes from darkness into light. When someone goes from an unbeliever into a believer. When someone humbles themselves, opens up their heart, and realizes that Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth as an expression of the Father, that we could see the Father for who he is, that he's come to destroy the works of the devil, and he destroys the works in us and prepares a way so that we can even have an opportunity to say yes to him. And then when we see a sacrificial death upon the cross and realize that he died for our sins, we're able to say, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. I find my trust and my faith is in the blood of Jesus Christ shed upon the cross of Calvary to atone for all my sin. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. Amen. And if we could have just had a glimpse into the shouting in heaven yeah. on the third day, on earth... It starts with a couple women, a few women go into the tomb. It gets to Peter and John, and then the, the two on the road to Emmaus, and then when he shows up in the room with the disciples, they were so in wonder and bewilderment that there was no shout. Matter of fact, Jesus had to prelude, he, he had to give them and prepare them with, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, it's me. But from our perspective, oh, with resurrection, there is a glorious shout that will go out of our lips, out of our hearts forever and ever and ever. Who's supposed to shout? All the earth, all the earth. No, only those who feel like shouting should shout. Only shout if it's authentic. Well, I think it implies that it should be authentic when we get a revelation of him. When we see the Lord, we should shout. One of the songs that we're going to play tonight at Mom's 
memorial services I can only imagine. And as, as Mercy Me, as the writer, uh, talks about that, you know, will I be able to speak at all? You know, what will, what will we do when we see him? Well, you know, I believe he likes to show up even now. And uh, 2019 might be something good as we love more deeply to just be asking, Holy Spirit, we'd like to have a manifestation of Jesus. We would like to see our Lord. We want to see more accurately the Father through the Son and see what he reveals. I've got friends that have seen Jesus. Oh, yeah. I want to see Jesus. I've felt him. <laughs> I've smelt him. He smells good. Mm, the Rose of Sharon. As, as you come into those experiences, the encounter that's before us is whatever you've experienced up until now, Let's ask for more. There's always going to be more of the manifestation of his goodness. When we see Jesus breaking in through delivering people from addictions, breaking the hold, the chains off of them that sin and, and different things have lies and unbelief had put on them, and you see those broken, oh, there's a shout. Oftentimes in my office, my spirit is doing backflips. It is shouting because I see what the Lord is doing in bringing the reality of the power of his kingdom and the authority of his name and the wonder of his love. So good. Second thing we have is worship. <clears throat> worship the Lord. Here when it's talking about worship, it says we're to worship him with joy with gladness, and that Hebrew word means pleasure. Do you realize that we have been given the pleasure of worshiping the Lord? And that is always going to make us glad. The pleasure, it's our pleasure to worship you, O Lord, and to come before him with joyous songs. Um, I don't know about you, but the Francis's, we're a little strange group. Started with my grandfather, as far as I can go back, was Grandpa and then my dad. And we would sing these ditties, these silly songs all the time. I've never seen such Fruit Loops, you know, just go around singing songs. But they would go around. They would just start singing. And Dad would sing something like, uh, I'm the one for you and you're the one for me. And I think that was to Mom. <laughs> you know, and so he would go around singing these things. But I find there's something that has come down generationally that I like to sing too. But having had experiences with the Holy Spirit, I'm I able to take some of that stuff and just get it out of just natural ditties into spiritual ditties and sing the, sing the love of the Lord. Oftentimes, if you were in this building, you'll hear me sing, I love, I love, I love your presence. Oh, I just love singing that. Because the presence of the Lord changed me completely. And it goes more than just my doctrinal understanding of what Jesus did, but his presence makes an impact in how I feel, how I see, how I hear, how I experience people, circumstances, life. And so I love just going around singing, I love, I love, I love your presence. I love, I love, 
I love your presence. I love, I love. I love you, Jesus. I love, I love. I love your presence. And so I'll sing that and sing that and sing that. And just as, because it's, it's something about the wonder of worshiping and being aware that his presence is with us. To love his presence with great joy. Paul writes to the Ephesians in 5.17, he says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. That's a good exhortation before New Year's Eve for some of you. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Hallelujah. Let the melody of your heart come out. Sing it. Let him see what's in your heart as you sing to him. The third thing is to know. To know what? Know that the Lord, the Lord, he is God. He is really God. When we get a revelation that the Lord is God, that's kind of corny, isn't it? God, you're God. Okay. The Lord is God. Mm. He's the one that made us and we are his. And here's one of the things that I've observed in the life of the church that oftentimes for a lot of us as believers, we, we come into that personal intimate place with the Lord and we know, we know how much he loves us and we start seeing Jesus and he's, he's our Lord, but he's our friend, he's our brother, he's our great high priest, he's our savior. We go through all these things and sometimes we get so familiar with him that it's, that it's like, you know, we get so relaxed in his presence that we forget that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We forget his majesty. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit's got to keep me in balance is, is the, the wonder of having my brother, Jesus, and knowing and worshiping the majesty of the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Son of God. And keeping those in balance is, is amazing as we realize he made us. He made us. He wanted us. We were in his heart. He just didn't decide to make us when, when the sperm and the egg connected. No, the scripture says that he's known us before the foundation of the earth. Before creation, he had you in his heart. He's always had you in his heart. As we've been listening to Carolyn Leaf and all the incredible revelation from her science of the brain, and as that's come out, it's like each one of us is so unique. I've always heard that. I don't know if I believe that, but I've always heard that. You know, like God even makes every snowflake different and stuff, and he's a, a God of variety and all this she says that none of us processes our reality with our senses and go through our brain and our neural pathways exactly alike. That every one of us, we could look at the same thing and we could see all sorts of stuff. And that's why in the psychology classes, they'll show the picture and somebody, I see a beautiful young lady and somebody, I see an old hag 
And it's like, huh. And it has with how you visually process. And so it's like, oh man, we have been made by him. He had us in his heart before the foundation of the earth. He knew all the junk, all the stuff that sin would destroy in us, how it would assault his image in our hearts, in our spirit, in our bodies. He knew about all the stuff with our, our parents, our abusers, uh, how evil touched us. But he says, I am God and I know how to work good out of evil. And I will work it for my advantage in your life to make you into the wonderful creation and expression of who I am on planet earth. Every one of us. He takes all of that for us. We are his. We belong to him. I love this. A lot of people need a sense of belonging. There's so many orphans in the world, not just physical orphans, but emotional and spiritual orphans in the world that they have no sense that they belong. But here the scripture tells us that we belong to him, that there is a sense of, of, of we belong to him. It's, it's more than just a possession, like you know, Dave could say Tess is his wife and she belongs to him. Well, he could treat her like an object that he owns or because she belongs to him, he could treat her in a loving relationship and honor her and bless her. It's amazing how the enemy will take the scripture and try to twist it to the most negative interpretation that you can. Well, God doesn't own me. I'm my own man. He's not going to, I belong to myself. No, the best thing in the whole world is to belong to him to realize that you belong to him, not because he's going to boss you around and own you and do things, but because he loves you. And out of that great love, you're going to experience the security of being his. So after we get that, and we know that the Lord is God, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's how we worship. We come before him. It's how we come before him that makes all the difference in the world. Sometimes when we come before him out of just a religious rote experience, this is what we do on Sunday mornings at 10. We get in and we drive and we get to the vineyard at 1028. Right? 1028. So that we can be in and have our coffee and be ready to worship the Lord. Yeah. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. When you think of thanksgiving, thanksgiving, we're focusing on what God has done. His works. What kind of things has he done for you? That's why when we reflect over 2018, we, we can list the things that the Lord has done for us. Lord, you've done this. We praise you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all that you've done. Then we enter his courts with praise. Now we're praising him for who he is. Now we're praising him for the attributes of who God really is. You are loving and kind and patient. Anybody want to praise God for his patience? His long suffering with us? Yeah. And so we go through all of those wonderful, wonderful things because of who he is, his being, his essence. God is good. 
For the Lord is good. His love never ends. His faithfulness forever and ever. Yeah. Jesus was approached by one and, and, and was identified as good master. And Jesus immediately said, whoa, 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 right there. There's no one good but God. Amen. And it's like, whoa. And we use good all the time, you know. That was a good shot. Good move. Way to go. That was good. Yeah. There's, there's, there's almost a, I would want to encourage our vocabulary to take goodness to another level and to realize the goodness of God. Bill Johnson wrote, wrote a book about the goodness of God, and it's just amazing. He's better than we could ever imagine or think. Matter of fact, I, I find my spirit sometimes in the midst of worship. All I can do is just say, oh, you are so good. You're so good. It's not just a statement of his morality, although he is the most morally pure being ever, but it's about how wonderfully good he is. Graham Cook put it this way. He says, I have never, ever met anyone more kind than God. I thought, wow. You think of God and how the enemy tries to get us to construct who God is. A lot of times the last thing he wants us to think of is God is kind. God is demanding, he's inflexible, he's absolute, and we're just waiting for the second boot to fall. And it's like, no, 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 no. He's the most kind and generous person you'll ever know. Wow. When you get through all of that, his love never ends. Here, it goes back to the Hebrew, uh, hesed. One of my favorite words is loving, gracious kindness. It's hard to really define everything that the word hesed has to envelop. But uh, he is so amazing. And he's faithful. Oh, how many times have we known in relationships with people, we don't know if whether we're going to get hugged or slugged. You know, oh boy. we don't know if they woke up on this side of the bed or that side of bed, or we don't talk before they've had their coffee. Thank God <laughs> he's God and he is faithful. You don't have to wait for him to have his morning coffee to pour out your heart to him. He'll wait for you to have your morning coffee, but he loves you even before you take your first sip. He's so good. His faithfulness is his steadfastness, his fidelity. He is faithful to us. We find this even in the Old Testament, that God comes into covenant relationship with Israel. And he comes in covenant relationship with his people. And even though they go whoring after other gods, he remains faithful to them. He says, would you like to enter into a covenant with me? Let me show you who I am. And so he delivers them out of Egypt. He has this huge theophany at the mountain. And there's the lightning and the thunder and the rumblings. And you, you, you got a light show like you've never seen. 
And after they've seen him demolish the Egyptian army, take them through the Red Sea, he says, would you like for me to be your God? Would you like to be in relationship with me? Huh. And Jesus comes to me and says, would you like to be free from the contamination of sin? Would you like to get out from underneath the addictions that would enslave you and cause you to be something other than who you truly are? Jesus comes to us because he's faithful. The faithfulness of God. Well, over and over. So listen to Psalm 100 in the Passion Translation. Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into the, his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. <laughs> Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that he will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Amen. You would think that would be my closing statement, but it's not. Go figure. I hear his whisper. Angels, listen for your songs. Your songs of praise awaken the worship of angels. Your songs of worship brings the cries of holy into my ears. Give me the deepest place of your spirit and I will give you the deepest place of my love. Come within the chamber room of my delight and let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely as you worship me. My angels come to your gatherings because your love songs brings them near. Sing with all your heart. Sing your love songs and the angels will join you in worship and adoration. Receive me once again. Drink of me and take me in. Never say, I have enough, for I always have more to give you. Like a club like a cup receives the wine, receive my love as I pour it into your soul. The healing you long for will not come without worship that I long for. Soar, soar into my glory with the wings of worship. Abandon your spirit to me as a sail abandons itself to the wind. Let faith re-energize your affections toward me. For did I not say that the love of many will grow cold? Be on fire with passion for me, and you will discover my plans for your life. Shake off your soul passivity and lukewarm faith, for I am a God of consuming flames. The revival of awakened hearts comes through praise.
There is a secret power released when you begin high praises to me. The power that shuts the mouths of lions was the power of praise that filled the the faith-filled lips of my servant Daniel. You will see many breakthroughs and many enemies silenced as you bring your sacred praises to me. Angels are waiting to hear your chorus of praise. Activate the power of heaven by the high praises of your lips. These are the sacrifices I desire. More than money or time or talents, I desire your praises. For in your praise, the glory descends. Let's praise him as the worship team leads us. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.